sibilance, sibilance. The human torch was denied a bank loan. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Testing, one, two, three. Check, one, two, three. Money order. Bitcoin, one, two, three. Okay, I think it's working. What do you guys think? Eddie Torres. Eddie Torres. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is the probably one in a series of one-time editions of what I'm going to call Sci-Fi Sunday. Sci-Fi Sunday. Sci-Fi Sunday. Because I happen to have, and Peakless Mountaineer and I have discussed at least one of these three things, uh, but I have three topics for tonight's and articles to coincide that are sort of science fiction-ish, although they're a little more based in reality than science fiction would be, but some, you know, pretty far out, man. Like, wow, far out. Well, we absolutely do live in science fiction times. Well, we certainly live in a dystopian future. <laughs> uh, if you'd have told me in, say, I don't know, 2005, <laughs> that if you went out in your daily life, you know, grocery shopping to the gas station, whatever, just doing your regular mundane stuff that you do as a human to get by these days, that everybody would be wearing masks and avoiding you know, you within like, say, six feet or so and all this kind of thing. And that's, uh, you know, the government would be cracking down on people for not doing these things. I would have said, yeah, right, whatever. But but no, we're here. And, it's a good day to do it because right now everyone except for the nerds are preoccupied. Are you talking about the superb owl? Uh, I could be. Are we, are we talking about that? I marked this day because it's like my Free Talk Live anniversary day. Is it really? Like my first night on Free Talk Live was a super uh, superb owl wow. Sunday. Well, happy, you right. know, happy anniversary. So I just happy go, oh, it's that day? I'm on. I got I, been here uh, for that many years now. How many I years actually has didn't, it been? I, I had uh, no idea that was tonight. Two, 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 wow. two year anniversary. You're, you're two. I'm, I know. Oh, it's wow. so special. Well, I mean, I, I'd like to not have any, like, real crying outbursts, if possible. Okay. Well, it's too late, Captain. <laughs> I did not bring an extra bottle with a nipple on it for you, so. Oh. Yeah. I thought you carry a box of tissue with you everywhere. Um, no. Oh. I just use my sleeve. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remind me never to borrow socks from you. Sometimes I'll just wipe my nose with, like, my index finger and then wipe it on my pants. Okay. You know? That's a pretty standard move. Yeah. yeah it makes for good decor later. At any rate, this is Free Talk Live. <laughs> You've tuned into the right program. Our telephone number, should you wish to join the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Please Again, call so we can stop listening to uh, Captain Snotty Sleeve stories. Jeez, <laughs> man, we haven't gotten started, man. We're not even like two minutes into the show. He's got at least a dozen more Snotty Sleeve stories. <laughs> Just look at his show prep screen. if you would like to join us. Uh, I am your host this evening, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And Rich E. Rich. Yes, emphasis on the E, so I've learned. Yes, I I always thought just your first name was Richie. Yeah. R-I-C-H-I-E and then last name Rich. But no, apparently it's Rich and then space and then E, period, and then Rich again after that space. Right. Yeah, basically. Now, if I look at his uh, show prep screen, we might actually have an infinite number of snotty sleeve stories because we might end up in a closed time-like loop. Oh, are you you segueing into the sci-fi aspect of Sci-Fi Sunday? It sounds like Peakless Mountaineer is tired of listening to my snotty sleeve stories and wishes to commence with the topic of du jour. I have this theory that there are some things, if you name them, then they never occur. So, you know, of the time-like loops I'd like to avoid getting locked into. Return to normal. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? What I happened? just I just named it. 
Ah. Although uh, you, were, you were talking about like things that I wouldn't believe if you told me in 2005. One of them, the red scare that happens now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was. I never saw that coming. Like, ah, it's a Russian agent. Russian agent. Russian agents under the bushes. Russian agents running for president. Well, and the the Chinese scare too, right? Everything. Oh, it's the Chinese. I mean, I guess I watched too many '80s action movies. I just figured like the Russian scare is just an ongoing thing. Oh, you're talking about uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, it's the star-studded cast, the uh, Red Dawn. Yeah. Sure. Yeah yeah. 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 That is one of them. Yeah. Also Rocky. Right. This and- time we win. And I might have had, you know, the blind Yo, optimism Adrian. that uh, we didn't end up in a 1984 version of reality. Well, we did. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, that one pretty much spelled out. It didn't exactly spell out, but the whole, like, uh, uh, East Asia, Eurasia, Pacifica, or, sorry, Oceania. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the three superpowers that he saw coming, the Chinese, Russian, and American slash European superpowers. See, and I remember China being on the rise in you know various form or fashion for decades. Yeah. At this point, yeah. Like learn, learn Chinese. You don't need to take Spanish in high school. Learn Chinese because they're going to be like on the world stage yeah. by the time it's important. To but eat. like everybody it, took Spanish anyway because it's easier <laughs> and more useful. I mean, there's it's almost more, English. If you want to talk to Chinese people, speak English. There's more English speakers there than here. Oh, that's amazing. All right, so kicking things off, this is from ScienceAlert.com. This from their physics section. A physicist has worked out the math that makes paradox-free time travel plausible. I saw that headline. I felt it was going to go over my head, so I didn't bother reading it. I went, ooh. Yeah. Well, so for our listeners who don't know what a paradox is, uh, in the concept of time travel, it's uh, supposed to be like if you go back to i don't know kill hitler or something that it's impossible to do because the timeline will just write itself sure that's because you can't well, the, have the paradox well, the i'm most, just glad you didn't uh, make a joke about some pair of something or other well the most famous paradox in uh, in time travel talking circles moving right along is the uh, <laughs> grandfather paradox which uh, I've only seen uh, successfully solved in media once, which was uh, Fry becoming his own grandfather. But uh, own Dr. Grandpa. Demento has a song called "On My Own Grandpa," <laughs> right? And of course, the easiest way for you to become your own grandfather is to just marry your grandmother. Mm. It's hypothetically genetically possible, although freakishly unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the idea that well, if I go back in time and somehow you know prevent my own birth, then how can I build the time travel device later that I went back in time for? Right. Or that awkward moment during Back to the Future, where the the main character dude, you know, was maybe bordering on possibly banging his mom because you know she was hot and young, and yeah. he was there at the high school, you know, not being himself but being. You know, the time traveler that he was? Yeah, he was in uh, in great danger of uh, paradoxing himself out of existence. Yeah. I like the Family Guy skit on that, where, like, George is talking to uh, Lorraine about, like, how their son looks exactly like the guy she almost hooked up with in high school. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> did, you, did you run into him about 15 years ago? <laughs> that, that would be disturbing. <laughs> uh, this is written by a man called David Neeld, N-I-E-L-D, not K-N-E-E-L apostrophe D. On this timeline like it is. <laughs> All right. No one has yet managed to travel through time, at least to our knowledge. But the question That's of- a lie. I'm traveling through time right now. <laughs> Backwards. I'm just doing it very steadily and only in one direction. Yeah, that's that's true. We're we're all moving forward in time theoretically because we only perceive time as linear. I think the, the whole time travel myth has been debunked by MIT. I think it was MIT who had like the time travelers convention 
some years ago and they were only going to do it once because, hey, if you're a time traveler, you know what it is. You just show up and no one did. Well, and that makes a lot of assumptions like they care. Okay. And that they, you know, feel like doing that. And that they didn't decide, well, you know, we could do that, but it might keep us from making the time travel device later. Okay. Well, the question of whether or not such a feat would be theoretically possible continues to fascinate scientists as movies such as The Terminator, Donnie Darko, Back to the Future, and many other shows moving around in time creates a lot of problems for the fundamental rules of the universe. Twelve Monkeys did it best. Uh, That was pretty good, yeah. If you go back in time and stop your parents from meeting, for instance, how can you possibly exist in order to go back in time in the first place? This would be a paradox. It's a monumental head-scratcher known as the Grandfather Paradox. Thank you, Peakless Mountaineer. You're welcome. But in September last year, a physics student, Jermaine Tobar, from the University of Queensland, Australia, said he's worked out how to square the numbers, quote-unquote, to make time travel viable without paradoxes. Classical Dynamics says if you know the state of a system at a particular time, this can tell us the entire history of the system, said Tobar back in September of 2020. Also, it's future, incidentally. Indeed. However, Einstein's theory of general relativity predicts the existence of time loops or time travel where an event can be both in the past and in the future of itself, theoretically turning the study of dynamics on its head. What the calculations show is that space-time can potentially adapt itself to avoid paradoxes. 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join the conversation, we're Free Talk Live coming up. Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the show. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome back. I don't remember the rest of the words. So. I only don't remember the welcome hey, back Hey, Mr. Carter. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Up your saying. nose with a rubber hose. Twice as far with a chocolate bar. That's right. Yeah. Question, right. question my Dr. Demento <laughs> affiliation. That's right. That's right. I got Demento credits, pal. <laughs> Uh, it is Free Talk Live. Our telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join the conversation in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And we're talking, or we just started talking about this article from ScienceAlert.com. A physicist has worked out the math that makes paradox-free time travel plausible. Not possible. There's okay. A, there's a difference in the because it's only on paper. He's only got the math down. Well, yeah, not, uh, yeah. plausible is bigger than possible. Well, how so? Well, okay. So it is possible that I just appeared out of nowhere. You know, if quantum physics is correct, it's possible. Schrodinger's peakless mountaineer. Right. Okay. So it's possible that every single atom in my body just sort of poofed into existence. It's possible. Really unlikely. It's not plausible that that happened. What's more plausible is that you were like born and you yeah. grew up and you know you moved here and now right. you're on the show. Hogwash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an interesting concept for a business. Hogwash. Yeah, you know how they have like the dog wash okay. where you can like bring your dog. How about you have one of those for pigs? That would be stinky. Talk like, about a niche market. That's right. Only for farmers out in the real rural areas. Yes. If you were a time traveler, you'd know that that's never going to exist, or that it will exist, and you know when to enter the market. That's true. 
That is true. Uh, movies such as The Terminator, Donnie Darko, Back to the Future, and many other shows uh, move around in time, creating lots of problems for the fundamental rules of the universe. If you go back in time and stop your parents from meeting, for instance, how can you possibly exist in order to go back in time in the first place? Dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about that. There's more to this article, but we do have some callers. So let's go to Greg in Vermont. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. I'm caller from your not-as-free state next door. Uh, Vermont, that is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. What is on your mind tonight? Well, I, quick, quick comment on the time travel, then I'll get to my question. Okay. Uh, considering every being uh, creates a certain level of balance in the universe, if you went back in time, you would throw the balance off and it would change everything anyways, unless you arrange to exchange places with someone from that same time. Ah, but with time travel, you could also just return to the exact moment you left and everything would carry on as normal. Yeah, one yeah. of the things uh, that this that this theory goes into is that there may in fact be a sort of self-correcting mechanism to time travel. Oh man, spoilers. I know. Like Captain America returning the Infinity Stone. All back in its place. Yep. And right just, when it was gone. This goes back, yep. yep. Uh, the old well, I had a qu- I had a yeah, go ahead, I had Greg. a question I wanted to throw out at you. Go ahead. Um, over here in Vermont, we have um, you know, our two senators. One's a Democrat. The other one's listed as an independent. Socialist. <laughs> now, in the Senate right now, we have 50 Republicans. There's 49 Democrats and one independent. Why aren't the Republicans the, uh, the party in, in control? That is an interesting question. If it is true, you would think they would be. What's the answer, Greg? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Oh, you're I mean, asking. Oh, I see. I, I thought there was a punchline. So, so are you saying? Uh, hold on. So, uh, are you talking about Vermont or the U.S.? The U.S. Senate. Well, I'm not the U.S. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, uh, I, I actually didn't know about the independent. Uh, is is that Bernie Sanders? Yes. Oh, he doesn't count as an independent. He an independent. Well, he's Democrat registered as an independent. He just always votes with the Democrats. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, the thing is, the independent is is lockstep with the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's... No, but uh, what, what his point is, is he may be voting lockstep, mm-hmm. right? But he's not registered as a Democrat. So mm-hmm. there's the Republicans outnumber the registered Democrats and should have a Senate majority. Well, so if your independent didn't didn't vote lockstep with the Democratic Party, then that would be true. However, since it's 50-50 and they also have the tie-breaking vice president. Cuz that's the thing, uh, the vice president yeah, breaks any ties gets, in the Senate. That gets to my other point. The vice president only comes into play if a if a tie needs to be broken. Mm-hmm. And she's already done it's that. Once. What's that? She's she's already had to do that once. And Right. Go figure. She, but the she, thing is, is, is constitutionally, that's where that's the only time that the vice president votes in the Senate right. is to break a tie. Right, right. But it's all. So uh, even it, if even if Bernie Sanders changed his party designation to Democrat, it would still be a fifty-fifty split. So why would one party have any more control over the Senate than the other? Because, because they have the, the tiebreaker. tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts today, Greg? Uh, those are my head scratchers. I appreciate you guys being on the air. I love listening to you. I guess it's because right, there's you. no real power affiliation in the Senate, right? It's just how 
along what line are they going to vote? Well, so right. when he first posited the question, you guys are talking about Bernie Sanders being the independent, but yet voting Democrat. I was like, well, because one of them's a liar. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, <laughs> right. it's the Senate we're talking about. They're all freaking liars. <laughs> right. So then, you, you know, the answer is that the answer is that they're all a bunch of power hungry uh, tyrants. Yeah. And, you know, whatever they vote on is going to mean more for them and less for you. Right. Bernie Sanders party affiliation is less important than how he votes on whatever issue. And if he's always going to vote left Democrat, then it's it's you know, if if everything comes down to partisan lines, it's always going to be a 50 50 split. And Kamala Harris will be in there to push it over the edge. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't remember what the what came up, but she's already broken a tie, obviously in favor of the Democrats. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's been interesting hearing like uh well with the republicans in control of the senate it's like no they're not it's like oh well technically they outnumber the democrats it's like yeah that that does not matter your your party affiliation does not matter so hypothetically hypothetically you could have all 100 republicans but if 50 of them vote the way a democrat would then you would have you would have essentially democratic control of the Senate because they'd have the 50-50 split and then they'd have the vice president breaking the tie. Would it be more important in the House because then you would have the Speaker of the House for your party if there was a, a split along party lines or you know one way or the other in that chamber of Congress? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, because Nancy Pelosi wouldn't be the Speaker of the House, right, because it would be a, a Republican in some form or fashion. And... I don't know what that would do to the voting, but it would definitely change the power dynamic within the structure. Yeah. Or you could just have the exact same setup with an R instead of a D. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi, the elected Republican. Right. <laughs> but, it, but if she was elected Republican, she wouldn't be Speaker of the House because the Ds have the majority in the House of Representatives. Well, she could just be uh, elected as the Speaker of the House by the Republican Party. If the Republican Party had the vote. Mm. Yeah. If there were a time traveler amongst us, they would already know the answers to this and other questions if they were from the future, in theory. If they were from the past, though. If they were from the future and came to the past, they would right. know the answers, in theory. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live on the way. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information, neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Zero six one six three eight two three zero six. That is our telephone number backwards for those of you who wish to decipher it and want to call. Is that because you're traveling backwards in time? Well, right, exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh, no, it's actually six zero three two eight three six one six zero for those of you traveling forward in time, or at least linearly existing like the rest of us humans are. Uh, Just in, mash the buttons on the phone and talk to whoever picks up. 
<laughs> Speak that's to an o- operator. That's Ori's skis. No, no, sorry, I can't talk backward. Speak to an agent. That was a very Captain Kickass attempt there. <laughs> Thank you. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain, Peakless Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. We've been talking about this article from ScienceAlert.com claiming that non-paradox time travel is plausible, at least mathematically. Uh, Classical Dynamics says, if you know the state of a system at a particular time, this can tell us the entire history of the system, as you guys have both said. Uh, However, Einstein's theory of general relativity predicts the existence of time loops or time travel, where an event can be both in the past and future of itself, theoretically turning the study of dynamics on its head. We exist on a Mobius strip. What the calculations show is that space-time can potentially adapt itself to avoid paradoxes. Because we only think linearly, but time doesn't necessarily exist linearly. Now, I've been toying with a a thought like this myself, just uh, that, okay, well, so my, my thought on this one was, like, if you would travel back in time and do some kind of paradox where you don't end up making the time machine, Mm -hmm. then when you go to flip it on, it just doesn't work. Like, that was my thought on it, is like, okay, well, if time exists in a nonlinear way where you could, like, step back from the timeline, okay, so it would know, more or less, that that sending you back in time would end up with you not making this machine. So if that were going to occur, it just doesn't happen because the machine doesn't turn on. Well, to use a topical example, imagine a time traveler journeying into a past to stop a disease from spreading. If the mission was successful, the time traveler would have no disease to go back in time to defeat. Tobar's work suggests that the disease would still escape some other way through a different route or by a different method, removing the paradox. Whatever the time traveler did, the disease would not be oh, stopped. See, and that if we're talking about movies, that kind of parallels with the you know the time machine, right? Because he continually travels, right, yeah. travels back in time to like save his you know darling dear was his wife or girlfriend or whatever mm. and fails every single time and then you know spoiler goes into the future to try to figure out a way to go back to the past and then screws it all up yep uh tobar's work isn't easy for non-mathematicians to dig into but it looks at the influence of deterministic processes without any randomness on an arbitrary number of regions in the space-time continuum and demonstrate, demonstrates how both closed timeline curves, as predicted by Einstein, can fit in with the rules of free will and classic physics. The math checks out, and the results are the stuff of science fiction, said physicist Fabio Costa from the University of Queensland, who supervised the research. The new research smooths out the problem with another hypothesis, that time travel is possible, but that time travelers would be restricted in what they did to stop them from creating a paradox. In this model, time travelers have the freedom to do whatever they want, but paradoxes are not possible. Well, how would that work? Because they would, like, they would reach out to like stop the vial from falling and they just would not be able? Right. They'd be... Right. Okay, so for example... Uh, what is going on with my head? So for example, one one possible solution to this one in, in that sort of secondary one that where, where they can they have free will, but they're limited in certain ways. Right. So for example, uh, let's say you go back in time, like the, their example of uh, a disease breaks out, right? So you go back in time to keep this disease from breaking out. One thing, you might forget why you went back in time. 
Like that piece of information just might not be available to you until it's too late. And then whatever domino falls to start this thing, and then suddenly you remember, oh, right, that's why I'm back here. Yes, I'm calling this the self-healing indeterministic timeline. You figure out that acronym for yourself. I can't say it on the air. Okay. <laughs> but you're in it now. Right? So if you, if you like tattooed on your arm, right, like stop the virus, and then you go back in time, does your tattoo disappear then? Or maybe you just can't read it. You know, yeah, maybe you try gibberish. and look at it, and every time you try and look at it, it, it just, yeah, you know, you get, you get all dyslexic. It's like well, how Batman figured out he was in a dream because he couldn't read anything. Mm, like oh, that. Interesting. While numbers might work out, actually bending space and time to get into the past remains elusive. The time machines that scientists have devised so far are so high concept that they currently only exist as calculations on a page. Yeah. So if we're being serious for just a moment, my general belief with regard to time travel is that it time itself is like the construct that we use to measure things. Mm-hmm. But that space itself just exists. So you can't go back to a previous, you know, uh, space, you know, existence because it's just it's just always there. It just is. It right. just is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Right. So and, that, and that's kind I, of. The, I don't follow you at all there. Well, what oh, he's okay. saying is that I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my interpretation of what he's saying is the same thing that I said, which is humans experience time in a linear fashion, mm. but time doesn't exist in a linear fashion. Right. It doesn't it exist just, at all. Right. We've created it as a it's way a, to it's determine It's a perception. Things. Yeah. Mm. So like the, the, the ball earth is just there out in space mm-hmm. and doesn't exist in any particular timeline. It's just there. Well, it's so, hardly parsimonious. So, I mean, a simpler explanation would involve some kind of time existing. Because certainly we can use it as if it did exist. Well, that's the construct so that, that we've created to make sense of things. Okay, but you, you are still left with the problem that uh, it, it works as if time exists. So then you'd have to have a different explanation for why does it seem to exist as if time exists. Like, I can move this cup. Right. And if I do, I will have a memory of it being there instead of where it, where it goes to. Right. Uh, I can imagine myself moving it, plan on moving it, and then I move it, and then that works. So if time doesn't actually exist, you have to come in and explain why that operation is possible. Because you just move the cup. Well, time exists. It's just that our perception of it is only linear. Mm. Right? And so that's why we have things like you can obviously visibly see human beings aging. Mm. Right? You know, over the course of your life, right, you'll see yourself age, right? You know, I've got gray hair in my beard now that I didn't yeah. used to have. And so, well, if time doesn't exist, why is my beard gray, right? Well, time does exist. It's just that human beings are only capable of perceiving it in a linear time fashion. See, now that makes sense to me. And what I always wondered is, okay, so they 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 basically explain time as a fourth dimension of space. Right. So my thought is, well, why would there only be four? Right. Why couldn't there be eight or 12 or 137? So like there's a YouTube video on the 10th dimension. Right. Go figure that one out. Uh, They they actually kind of drop the ball after a few of them and and just start. Because it just starts to flatten themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Go add add infinitum. Yeah. They're they're not adding actual dimensions. They're just repeating themselves. Well, because you can't perceive the dimensions that they're adding. Oh, I can. Oh, okay. Regarding time travel. This article says we might get there one day, but Stephen Hawking certainly thought it was possible. If we do get there, then this new research suggests we would be free to do whatever we wanted to in the world of the past. It would readjust itself accordingly. 
Try as you might to create a paradox, the events will always adjust themselves to avoid any inconsistency, says Costa. The range of mathematical processes we discovered show that time travel with free will is logically possible in our universe without any paradox. Infinite dimensions with infinite timelines. Yes. Uh, the research uh, has been published in Classical and Quantum Gravity. A uh, version of this article was first published in September of 2020, so this is all very new as far as you know the general population is concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, the infinite universe theories is one of the solutions to this. I'm uh, I'm still a little iffy on that one. I would hope so. I'm on board. I I fully am on board with yeah infinite universes. Yep, there are hundreds, millions, hundreds of millions, bazillions, gazillions. In one universe, my cup goes this way. In the next one, it goes this way because I did it differently in each iteration. Yep, and in one universe, your name actually is Richie Rich instead of Richie Rich. God forbid. (laughs) 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It is Free Talk Live, the special Sci-Fi Sunday edition. And by sci-fi, I mean science fiction. Uh, no reference to the crappy cable channel that puts out crappy television. With the, Siffy. With the exception of uh, the series known as The Expanse. The um, Siffy channel. Which started on sci-fi, the channel. It was the best thing the sci-fi channel has ever done. Hey. Seriously. Hey. Sharknado? Firefly. Oh, that wasn't on sci-fi. Oh, yeah. It may have eventually made it to sci-fi. It It started on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the reason it was so good was because uh, sci-fi itself did not produce it. Uh, They paid uh, another company to produce it for them, and then they sort of screwed themselves out of getting paid for the rebroadcast. And so they are like, well, we can't keep going. And so uh, eventually didn't have a home, and then Netflix picked it up and, of course, has kept it strong and steady uh, since then, was it Netflix? No, Amazon. Sorry, my bad. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, they've they they basically changed pimps. So fair enough. That's what syndication will do to you. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, Bitcoin.com. We we heard some news. Snoop Doji Doge. Apparently, breaking news. <laughs> unverified at yeah, this unverified, point. Unverified, definitely. I, I, we, Snoop Dogg has changed his name to Snoop Doge. We we have covered here. I foresee a bright short term future for Dogecoin. We have covered here on Free Talk Live the you, the mm, celebrities that have taken up uh, talking about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Gene Simmons of Kiss is one of them uh, that we've covered. A couple other ones were contained within that article. Uh, there's more who are continuing to talk about it and get into it and that type of a thing. So I'm glad about that. I, I think it's going to take that type of a thing to occur for, well, the regular people to die. It's still early times here in cryptocurrency. Muggles. So uh, Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized by your needs. There's no longer an excuse for ignorance of this important world-changing information. If you are knowledgeable about crypto, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. 
Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. Stuff of the future, cryptocurrency is, in my opinion. Stuff of the present for us, buddy. I know. I So you guys know I've only been in this area for not even two years now, year and a half, something like that. And uh, I, I talked to some folks you know, back out west or in the Midwest. Uh, my friends are scattered around the globe, really. But when I talk to other people, like, well, yep, you know, I've still got that you know, 100 bucks in Bitcoin or whatever it is they, they put in a couple of years ago or a year right. before I left or whatever. Now it's, you know, 400 bucks or whatever it is. Um, and they have had no opportunity to spend, trade, barter, you know, other than online, right? You know, maybe going to purse and getting something, you know, off the Amazon or something like that at a, at a nice discount. But they don't have the daily ability that we do here in New Hampshire. And that is pretty great. I tell them all the time, I live in the future, because I it's can true. go down to the convenience store and buy a six-pack of craft beer and pay with cryptocurrency. I can go out to dinner and pay with cryptocurrency. I can take my car to a shop and pay for the repairs in cryptocurrency. And that, to me, is living in the future. Well, not to mention the fact that uh, every time you look at your uh, your account, it seems to be at the same level. <laughs> See, we're spending currency in the pre uh, uh uh, stimulus check slash, you know, b- massive bribery, largest spending bill ever uh, era. See, that whole same level thing, that's a great selling point for, for people who are getting new into it. Mm-hmm. Because we had a friend and he was like gifted some Bitcoin for like, you know, 5000 like a Bitcoin for like $5,000. And then, it, you know, Bitcoin up went up to like $6,000. He's like, this is great. I had $5,000 of Bitcoin and then I bought a TV and I still have $5,000 of Bitcoin. <laughs> right. right. And yeah. then it went up to like $7,000 and I bought something else and I still have $5,000. So <laughs> as as it rises, right, which it's, if you look at the chart, that's what it does yep. over a long enough period of time. He always has the same amount of value right. in, in crypto, but has all these other items right. to go with it. Right. When measured against the dollar, of course. When, now, yes. now, we know here because we're into this kind of, we live in the future, we, we use it daily. Uh, we know that some of this is also the value of the dollar continuing to go down, right? What what I used to be able to get in a shopping cart for twenty bucks at the grocery store mm. thirty years ago uh, does not even compare to you know the little bit, tiny bit that I get for twenty bucks today of the same grocery store. Well, right. And it's strange because people are so accustomed to this that they think that that's just naturally how it goes. Well, of course things get more expensive over time. No, that's not that's not reality. That yeah. is fabricated. Yeah, uh, example, televisions. Right. Right? They seem to go up in technological advancements but continue going down in price. Right. And- okay, that's a that is a good example for that, but it it also demonstrates to some people that the dollar is not collapsing all that quick because technology usually outpaces the devaluation of the dollar, mm-hmm. and that's why you get better technology cheaper. But right. that doesn't happen well, in all areas. Now, now, this is one of the reasons that uh, uh, the economists I prefer don't pay attention so much to where the prices change, but to where the money supply itself changes. 
So uh, normal yeah. normal economists, they only pay attention to, well, did the price rise? Well, then it counts as inflation of, uh, of the currency. Now, uh, the Austrians I like, uh, they pay attention to, did you print more money? And here's why. Because if you have that higher technology that is, you know, maybe it is outpacing the, the inflation of the money supply. Well, guess what? Prices were going to go down. All these prices were about to plummet. We were about to be so much richer. But then they added all of this to the money supply, and now we're not richer when we would have been. Right. And the reason, at least one of the main reasons, in my opinion, that technology outpaces inflation is because technology is one of the least government-regulated subsections of the industries uh, that that have ever existed. Uh, The Internet, when the Internet first came out, right, because I'm older than the Internet, um, it was just left to be, mm-hmm. right? It was the Wild West, right? The first rule of the internet, don't put any of your personal information Seriously. on the internet, right? I still follow that's that rule. That's why we all had cool screen names. That's why I'm still Captain Kickass, because that's where that came from, right? Yes. It started It started before that, and then the internet came on, and you needed a handle. I'm like, well, I guess I'll use this, and here I am still, right? So, it, you know, it, it affects your life in many different ways. But the internet was left alone largely, and still kind of is, for the most part, mm. as far as development is concerned of technologies uh, by by governments right now, governments, of course, like China is going to regulate content distribution and what you can browse and all that kind of thing. But what I'm saying is that t- that industry was left alone to sort of, you know, gel and become a thing before governments started stepping and going, mm, well, maybe we should do that mm. and that and the other thing. All right. So that's generally what happens with new technology. And when new technology is developed, governments don't know what to do with it. They don't know what kind of effect it's going to have. They don't know how to tax it is right. really what I'm saying. And so if they don't know how to tax it, it's left alone. And so it will outpace everything until there's some tangible products and a customer base and a bunch of companies who, you know, sort of evolve as the top two or three or four companies in that particular market of technology. So well, it very much reminds me of the response when Tesla was about to make free energy throughout the world. <laughs> how am I supposed to put a meter on that? Right. So uh, an interesting, I want to go back to you real quick, because an interesting phenomenon came up some months ago during one of the bailouts. And I was, my, uh, my, uh, my buddy was explaining it to me mm-hmm. um, and I was having difficulty understanding it. I eventually sort of got it, um, but he was like a month or two ahead of the curve because like two months later, Mises put out an article that basically confirmed what he was predicting. Nice. And that was an increase in the money supply, mm-hmm. which you would expect inflationary results. Right. Right. But what the actual result was being predicted at that time was uh, deflationary decreases in prices hmm. across the board. Um, and the reason given to me for that, generally speaking, find the article because I'm going to do a poor job of communicating this because okay. I don't understand it completely, uh, is that the increase in the money supply was then being used to pay down debt. So it wasn't oh. actually going to circulate into the consumer economy, which is when you would see prices on consumer goods rise. So it was like we're, we're printing all this money and then wiping out debt um, so you don't see those inflationary uh, results at the at the supermarket, so to speak. That that kind of makes sense from well, a right. cursory it, perspective. It slows it down, but it certainly doesn't keep it up because, okay, well, if I pay off my debt, guess what? Uh, someone at the bank gets a bonus. He has extra money. Where do you think that money is going to go? Well, it's going to go somewhere. They're going to go lend it out again. Exactly. Yes. But they weren't because then it was being paid back to the Federal Reserve who was just clearing it off the books. Oh, when it gets uh, paid back to the Federal Reserve, yeah, that, that yep. can do it. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. During hour number two, SpaceX announces first 
all-civilian mission to space. More Free Talk Live coming up. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is our number two of Free Talk Live on this timeline. On this timeline, in this universe. If the universe even exists. If you go if you go back in time a day, there were two hour tubes somehow. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> if you'd like to experience what is three hours but could possibly only be two hours of free talk live, listen to yesterday's show. Oh, I was gonna say download the podcast. <laughs> uh 603-283-6160. Is the number if you'd like to join the conversation here on Free Talk Live. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Bigless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And we teased during the end of the last segment about this announcement by SpaceX, whom we all know is uh, Elon Doji Musk's. Well. Before you get into the SpaceX, I think Peakless, didn't you say you wanted to yeah, touch I did, on that? I, I did have a, a couple space of time. Yeah, a couple no, of quick totally, notes on that. I one. totally spaced out uh. on the Peakless final point, man. I got your back, Doug. Doge. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out is that article seems to be pointing, uh, like you, you were mentioning, uh, uh, well, in movie terms, uh, no, in movie terms, I think this one would be a lot more like Terminator. So, uh, like Terminator One, they you know they do the thing and uh, or no no it was Term- Terminator Two right? So like all right now we've we've melted down the chip that becomes Skynet and we had to melt down the Terminator because he's got the chip and we don't want that to become Skynet. And then uh, in Terminator Three, it's like no 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 you just pushed it off. Yeah right. But so by I Terminator kind of f- similar. By Terminator Five though, it's just an infinite regress. They sent them back to kill the one that killed the one that killed the one. <laughs> and so, they're going to send them back one more time for Terminator there's 19. A, there's another series of movies that does that, but it's not about time travel. It's the, uh, what is it, The Bourne Redundancy? Mm. <laughs> well, and uh, one of the things that I definitely wanted to, like, I, I, I got to give, uh, give a shout out to, this is actually a lot more like Doctor Who. Yes. Where there are certain fixed points in time because they are so monumental as changes where, like, okay, you can't go back and prevent the, the uh, Mount, Suvius, M- Mount Vesuvius explosion. Right. Like, it's where we got our word volcano and it's uh, how we knew about this civilization and all of that. And you can't, you just can't stop it. And if you try to stop it, it won't work. Right. And you might end up actually causing the thing by trying to stop it. 
But casually traveling around and taking somebody with you to see certain points in space and time, uh, you know, walking about, you know, stepping on a blade of grass, that stuff is all inconsequential, right. at least within that television series, Doctor Who, uh, and the books and the radio programs of, of which, the same. Which does seem to uh, suit the sort of uh, self-healing time thing. Right. Right. I just, I, I get it, but I when you think about going back in time, preventing it maybe right like if you reach like i said if you reach out to catch the vial from falling you may bobble and drop it and the, the virus gets out anyway right mm-hmm. but knowing that information and knowing you're a time traveler you just you go back and you put like a, a mitt on right or you find a way to you know to to remedy that situation and as a time traveler you can do that an infinite number of times until you potentially get it right right well, unless you never get it right, because there's two possibilities. Number one, it shifts ever so slightly like, oh, well, I put the mitt on, but this time the floor was a little bit slipperier or there. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I got nonstick shoes, but this time there was a, a little rock there that I tripped over. Right. Uh, or it might just be that. All right. Well, you stopped the virus from spreading in this location. But there happened to be someone doing the exact same experiment over in this lab over here, yep. and they end up dropping the vial. Or because now you've been able to travel back in time to attempt to change something, how about somebody else is traveling back in time to attempt to stop you and your time travel from changing the thing? Well, that's the that's the Terminator thing. They just the infinite regress of ah, yeah. oh, we're going to go back in time and fix it. Oh, we're going to go back in time and fix it. But no, well, I'm saying that, I'm uh, saying in addition to you traveling back in time, now somebody else travels back in time to stop you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that might actually be how it goes because I mean, uh, so it's called a, a closed timeline uh, curve, right? Yeah. So a closed timeline curve means that you get back to the original point. So you you basically sort of create a little pocket universe, but that pocket universe, even though the events are slightly different still ends up with everything being in exactly the same spot as it was when you created this thing. Now, uh, that's different from the uh, the open uh, time-like curve, which is uh, more of your doctor, your uh, uh, back to the future scenario. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had multiple timelines, too, because they forked it when, when Biff stole the book. Mm-hmm. And, and that was uh, one we thing I did. We can't go to this new future, Marty. We have to go back to the past right. and prevent him from getting the <laughs> right. book. And, and and one quick thing that I really have to mention a, a little shout out to Heinlein, uh, I, his uh, his Robert? book the, uh, the yeah yeah uh, his, his book uh, the the number of the beast uh, points out the possibility of there being sort of uh, different dimensions of time. So instead of just backward and forward on this one timeline, you could be switching two alternate timelines. Right, and uh, like jumping the tracks. Right, exactly. So you you can shift to one that's really close to this timeline, and everything's going to be incredibly similar. Right, there's been plenty of science fiction uh, television or movies that have done that, where they uh, think they're going back to where they started, but when in fact they go back to a place that is incredibly similar to where they started, except for like one or two things. Right, Jet Li's the one. Yes, yes. All right, so continuing on. Science Fiction Sunday. Uh, SpaceX. That would be the, the muskrat Elon. Space sex? Space X. Space sex? It's, uh, so you have an X, right? And if you could just launch her into space, this is what you would do. SpaceX. <laughs> to the moon with you. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, SpaceX, the Zow, organization, right to the moon. says it announces first all civilian 
mission to space. So no government goons, no NASA people, apparently. That's kind of scary. I'm my, not sure. My first question is, who's going to pilot it? Right. Uh, better pilots. <laughs> However, it does say three seats will be donated. So okay. we've seen this in a science fiction program before where you know you sort of enter the lottery for who gets to go into mm-hmm. space, and then somebody gets chosen, right? Uh, Elon Musk. Little did you know, you were actually a clone, and they're harvesting your organs. Stop cloning around. <laughs> Elon Musk's SpaceX is planning to send its first all-civilian crew to space at the end of 2021 in a charity-focused mission commanded by tech entrepreneur Jarek Isaacman. I've never heard of this guy. And, and also, a woman. Also, Jared Isaac, man. That's a weird last name. Well, yeah, and it it being all civilian just means there's no military people. So you can certainly have a trained pilot that just isn't... uh, I'm sure they'll have some NASA presence there. Mm. I understand that, but NASA typically recruits their pilots from the Air Force, right? You're not getting a United pilot piloting the the space shuttle. Well, let's see if the article sheds any light. Okay, let's... The company said in a press release it'll pick three people to ride alongside Isaacman to orbit aboard SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule. Uh, Isaacman, a trained pilot and the chief executive of Shift4 Payments, that's the name of his company, said he donated $100 million to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and wants to help raise $200 million more by inviting people to donate at least $10 to St. Jude for a chance to get picked. So if you want to get picked to be a civilian on this ride, one of the three donated seats, uh, then you must yourself donate to St. Jude's, apparently. Captain, you remember yesterday when we were uh, briefly discussing how uh, we don't get the new iPhone until after some people have tried out the bugs, and we were discussing this in in reference to the, the new vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, that goes double for space travel. Yeah, I'll I'll let a bunch of other people go first and make sure that all the bad stuff that can happen, you know, is not going to happen to me. I don't know if my <laughs> wife would appreciate it, but as a child, I've always wanted to be like one of the first people on Mars. Really? Never pursued it as a career or profession, but given the opportunity of like, hey, we're going to put you on the first flight to Mars, count me in. Oh. Suicide mission, whatever, but I get to see it first. And yes, so, but my bloated corpse will be on the moon. Yeah, yeah, I don't really care. Like so, I would, I would die on Mars. Will you or will you not donate ten dollars to St. Jude for a chance to be it, on this flight? Knowing that, I may. Okay, all right. Talk it over with the wife. <laughs> There's other people involved. All of a sudden, uh, I, I mean, if it's a if money's the problem, I'll 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 spot you half. Okay, no, it's <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about. I'm just money. saying, in case it is with the wife, it's about upsetting. Oh yeah, okay. I'll let you buy the whole thing then. You know, well, I, I mean, you don't I want mean, to bring another. Hey, honey, I'm not as. One? I'm not as rich as Richie Rich no. might be rich, so like like, I got Elon, half. like Elon says, I, I, I wouldn't mind dying on Mars, just not on impact. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Would you fly into space? Yes, it is Nerd Talk Live. I mean, Free Talk Live. You might you might get some callers now because apparently it's halftime of that other thing that's going. Halftime? Oh, are you watching? talking about the superb owl? I don't know who's watching that nonsense, but uh, in our chat room, somebody mentioned earlier that they were having a sub- superb owl get together, and that uh, there was chili. Social distance, and that social distancing wasn't necessarily being observed. Dun, dun, dun. Which, I mean, duh. There's a whole bunch of libertarians in trouble for that locally here. 
Yeah. Well, you know, Los Angeles County uh, prohibited restaurants and bars from having TVs on during the Super Bowl because they were afraid that it would become a super spreader event. Furthermore, they even decided to uh, tell people that uh, they couldn't cheer. Yeah. And yell. Can you can you go back in time and just, you know watch it then or can we or just turn on the radio? Everyone huddle around the radio and listen to the game like the good old days. <laughs> Do the folks on the space station observe social distancing? Probably. Because that's, I mean, that's an enclosed space, man. That would be interesting you know? if one of them got it. Like the first report <laughs> COVID of COVID on the space, space station. Better than leprechauns in wonder space. wonder if it's already happened. Uh, 603-283-6160 is our telephone number if you'd like to join this lively discussion. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peak of this Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. We uh, were talking about this article from The Verge, which says SpaceX announces first all-civilian mission to space. And in fact, they're going to donate three seats on this particular space mission uh, to people who donate at least $10 to St. Jude. Uh, Three people will be chosen to represent the mission pillars of leadership, hope, generosity, and prosperity, according to a press release. Though one person was already picked, Isaacman said during a press call on Monday, the full crew will be announced in the weeks ahead. This is an important milestone towards enabling access to space for everyone, Musk told reporters on the call, adding that it's a part of SpaceX's broader goal to bring the cost down over time and make space accessible to all. With huh. as many government handouts as possible. Well, I don't, you know, is it going to get done any other way? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, St. Jude is the saint of lost causes, right? <laughs> now, is that irony or just humor? I mean, I'll tell you what, if I got a seat on a space mission because I contributed to the Saint of Lost Causes, I would think I was being in a sort of badly written sci-fi novel. Why are they such a good children's hospital then? Yeah, it's specifically St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, specifically. Uh, Not just, you know, like a person named St. Jude. Screw them. They're a lost cause. Well, Name that, a hospital after him. Now, that would be sci-fi if we got a way to actually send St. Jude modern money <laughs> with our newfangled time machine. Hey, St. Jude, here's some Bitcoin. Figure that one out. The mission, which is named Inspiration 4, that's the word Inspiration with the number 4 at the end of it with no space. I don't know why that's important, but it makes me think, what happened to Inspiration 1, 2, and 3? <laughs> It will launch, like lost causes. It will launch from SpaceX's 39A launch site at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida atop the company's Falcon 9 rocket. Prior to flight, crew members will get special training from SpaceX with a specific focus on orbital mechanics, operating in microgravity, zero gravity, and other forms of stress testing. The four-person crew will spend up to five days in the acorn-shaped Crew Dragon capsule, as it orbits Earth every 90 minutes along a customized flight path, SpaceX and the contest's rules, official rules said. No blowing your nose in space, Captain. How do you, yeah, I mean, what happens if you like, I mean, I have all sorts of questions about, you know, what if you get like the runs in space, you know, how do you handle that? Or well, swim to the bathroom? Then they're actually the floats. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess they would be the floats, right? Um, you know, if you're going to, 
like I used to work in an office environment with like a bunch of dudes, and every now and again somebody would crop dust you, if you know what I'm saying. I do you know the, what you're the, the, the flatulence would waft I love and, doing that in, at the gym in your direction. It out. How does that work in space? Does does the cloud of flatulence just sort of float around until you like crash into it? I mean, there's an air hypothetically filter somewhere. does it does it smell? hypothetically your fart would just stay up there forever. It well, would just until it gets stick to the walls out. for all eternity. <laughs> Eternal flatulence. <laughs> uh, the mission parameters are up to Jared, Musk said. Uh, from Subway? <laughs> no, the guy from, how the, does, how from did he the, get in charge? The, the jewelry company. Oh, okay. He went to Jared. Uh, the mission could last anywhere from two to four days long, but if you want to stay up longer, that's fine too, he added. Forever. <laughs> Musk and Isaac. If you want to stay up longer, that's fine too. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I know it's past my bedtime. It's the Viagra of space travel. Musk and Isaacman <laughs> offered scant details on the kind of training the crew. And if you don't want to stay up longer, too bad. If you're in space for more than four hours, <laughs> a four-hour mission, a four-hour tour, a four-hour tour, pack light. Uh, we are all going to know each other incredibly well long before we ever strapped into the dragon. I can promise you that, Isaacman said. So are they saying that these trainees, these uh, selected people to go on this mission, will not be, would not be observing social distancing during their training to go on this particular mission? You, okay, so the whole social distancing thing, thing can be mitigated with proper quarantining, right? Like, you don't always have to not social... Not according to the law. Well... If it's fits in Florida, they don't. They've like surpassed all that already, right? Like Florida's pretty wide open, from my understanding at this point. But the likelihood is, if you're going to be together for that long a period of time, you take the test, you quarantine for two weeks, you get tested again, you get the all clear, right? And then you can operate with all those people that have also gotten the well, all clear. I can tell you because we've mentioned the superb owl that folks in the NFL, that is the players. Uh, and the coaches and, and all of the staff have been getting tested daily, sometimes twice daily. Yeah. Uh, even if they've done all of the things you just mentioned. So there have been people who have been working in groups of people together without observing social distancing, right. but uh, there still have been people but, who have but needed to be like pulled out of that and quarantined and players couldn't play. Right. And all but if they're testing that. daily, but out in, outside of the testing day, right, they're still interacting with each other, you're going to be at risk right. for an outbreak. Right, but if you quarantine for whatever they say, you know the necessary length of time is for the virus to come and go naturally. Yeah, then you can interact just two with weeks. Them. Just two weeks. So you just you quarantine st- for two weeks. Right, I understand that. <laughs> but you're going to go out. You're going to go out into space with like you know five or six other people. Okay, so now yeah. let's just say that this happens, and they get this crew of five people, whatever it is, and they go and they go out into space, and one of them actually has it. Right, it's just a dormant because there's now four thousand versions of the sure. COVID. Now, mm. If you didn't listen to the show last night, um, they're they're saying now there's four thousand different mutations of COVID. So let's just say one of them has it, and they go into space. Now they've got space COVID. Yeah. Well, then they'll kill all the aliens because the aliens haven't built up an immunity. No, COVID will mutate the humans into a new super race of unknown beings known as the Covidians. Ah, the COVID two thousand one, a space odyssey. That's right. I'm Sci-Fi just, Sunday here on Free Talk Live. Sure. I'm just saying there's ways to mitigate that whole like super spreader event, should they choose to. Perhaps the aliens would be wearing masks as well. Or breathing from their back hole. 603-283-6160. 
is the number. Join us. Give us a call. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War III. Available now from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Well, put down your dinner and turn up the radio. It's Free Talk Live. That's right. 603-283-6160 is our telephone number. This is the live call-in radio talk program where you could take control of the airwaves to talk about, well, whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about all sorts of fun stuff. But I also wanted to tell you that Freedom's Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty? Liberty? Let me spit that. Liberty. 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 I sound like a frog. Liberty. 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 Ice frog. Freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty views, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. Go there now. Or, you know, maybe when this segment's over. Now, speaking of sci-fi, I know about uh, Freedoms Phoenix through uh, Ernie Hancock. Now, there's a man who talks about some sci-fi stuff that may be in our near future. Oh, definitely. Uh, And interestingly enough, one of my favorites, I'll call it near-term sci-fi programs, is Black Mirror. Mm. I believe you guys are familiar with this. Um, Charlie Brooker, the creator of that program, when asked uh, as soon as, you know, the COVID thing hit, Hard and heavy, and the lockdown started happening, and government started going nuts with all their, you know, overzealous demands and dictates and that kind of stuff. Said, so, uh, so what's the plan for Black Mirror? Is there going to be a new season now? And he's like, No, uh, I don't think I'm going to make any more of those because I could not make anything more dystopian than what <laughs> we're currently experiencing. He's got a point. There's a lot of interesting, not too well-reviewed movies coming out that were like made during the lockdown yeah so they were figuring out a way to do stuff i mean necessity the mother of invention right so um you know we've seen all sorts of attempts at innovation particularly along the lines of entertainment Uh, i for one am livid that folks have just sort of stood by and taken it with regards to live performances, I'm speaking specifically of concerts, uh, but you could extend that to, you know, Broadway plays, theater, musicals, you know, any kind of thing like that. Comedy Orchestral shows. performances. Yes, stand-up comedy. You know, there's some of that going on, but we've seen the socially distanced outdoor movie theater comedy show, and that was, I mean, we saw Jim Brewer. He was hilarious, but, like, 
the whole venue and the way they had police bossing you around, it, it was just lame. It sucked. We saw, uh, a, I'm trying to remember the name of the band, but uh, they put on a show where not only were the band members in bubbles, but so were the audience. Every audience member had to be in but their the own. Band little... members were in bubbles? Yes, correct. So, like, was it a bubble large enough for you to hold your guitar? It, yes, from the picture. That's that's, uh, that's that's how it was. I think someone, maybe it was you, Captain, put a picture on social media of, like, uh, musicians playing their instruments through bags. Yes. Yes. Oh, like, t- like the hug thing. The saxophone condom. Yeah, uh, more yeah. like that. It's a big a saxophone, like it looks like a cloth thing with a zipper, but it's got like a hand. Th- it's kind of like the baby incubators, mm. where you can like put your hand into a thing that's shaped like a glove, so you right. can like hit the, the buttons down. on your saxophone. But the top and of the it, mouthpiece, the top of it has a little thing with the mouthpiece, and so they're, they're wearing the masks, but the masks have the holes cut out in them, which is like defeating the entire purpose of the mask in the first freaking place. There's a lot of things that defeat the purpose of the mask all the way around this whole nonsense. Yeah. Now, are you wearing a mask on your mask? Must you mask and the mask? where is your eye protection? Yeah. PPE, remember? Uh, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Hank calling from Florida. Hank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm calling from the Free State. Yeah, we're open and having a good time tonight. Everybody's up. Uh, it's a little depressing that Florida gets to make that claim over New Hampshire. Everything's going as normal in Florida. I feel for the rest of the country. Yeah. I called mostly tonight to talk about SpaceX. Okay. And yeah, the great opportunity to go to space. It's uh, The SpaceX capsule does not require a pilot. It flies autonomously. Oh, it does? It flies okay. to the space station regularly without a pilot. That's a little disconcerting because I've seen videos of Teslas crashing <laughs> on autopilot. <laughs> no, no, no. We well, got the yeah, Tesla technology in the SpaceX shuttle. Continuously advancing, and that's the great part about it. And SpaceX is at the forefront of advancing space technology along with Tesla cars yeah. and Neuralink and several other things. It's a great time we live in, and this is a great country. Uh, aside from our government and the things they like to impose on us, they do allow us freedoms. They allow Elon allow. Musk the freedom to. That's not be, how freedom uh, works. Yeah, no, he Elon Musk has enough money to purchase his freedom, unlike you or yeah, me. Yeah, but he's self-made. He started out with nothing. He did not inherit his money. He went out and worked for it. He went out and educated himself. He created two great companies, several great companies. I'm pretty sure that's only partially correct. Like, he was, well, I think his parents were eBay, well off. PayPal and eBay. Look up Elon Musk. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I, I understand that he, he had some great companies, but my, my general understanding was that he started with money because his parents were of wealth in South Africa, um, and then he made some money, then lost it all, well, and then well, made it back. He may not have been poor to start with, but at the same time, Right. He uh, created a video game at like age 14 and sold it to make his own money. Right. He I, has been a very driven person and he has strived. And only in America can somebody do that. You'll never see I mean, a I don't know. There's tech companies all over the world, man. Yeah. A Bill Gates. No, these people are not created all over the world. Well, only there's... in America do we have Bill Gates, do we have Elon Musk, do we have Jeff Bezos. We have I think part of that's an American bias because you don't see yeah. what's happening. Have, have you ever heard of Jack Ma? 
Yeah, okay, that's a good example well, because Alibaba a, got nationalized. There's a rare right. example in some other countries, but for the most part, the great technologies, the great people, the billionaires that are self-made, oh, all God. the uh, Zuckerbergs, everybody is... It's mostly done in America. Uh, do you know else. anything about anywhere else except America? Yeah. yeah. I'll study up. i keep up on technology. I know of no other big companies that are even nothing like SpaceX. He's done what no other country has been able to do. Well, Land that's because he's he's a person Earth. and a business, not a country. Right? So Yeah. Right, I I, I hear the I hear the caller's he's point. He's allowed to do that in the country. Yeah, of I hear America. his point too, but it's certainly colored with all sorts of <clears throat> magic skycloth patriotism. In another country, understood. But like your Jack Ma example, right? Jack Ma, self-made billionaire yeah. in China, got too popular, got his company taken away from him and nationalized. Right, right. So like, but that won't happen in America. That may not happen. No. That may not happen the same way. We, we have our own special versions of doing things. So if you look at, uh, you brought up Bill Gates. So for the longest time, Bill Gates just kept to himself and you know made himself a nice little billionaire. And then all of a sudden, he starts getting this massive threat that his company is going to be split in half. Oh well, we've got to use this antitrust against you. And then all of a sudden, he starts donating massive quantities of money into the uh, the political arena, and that just goes away. So I mean, sometimes, it's... sometimes when guys start out with nothing and they create such a huge company, they have to squash a lot of the competition. It's just competitiveness. Well, you if you squash the competition the fairly, world. it's one thing. If you use if the you government to do it, it's a different thing. Yeah, but uh, since then, it's allowed the freedom of Google and uh, Android and other competitive systems, links, Apple. Nobody can compete with Bill Gates before the government started cracking down on him. I'm hey, sorry. Thanks for the call, Hank. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, the caller has a point. I just I don't like his tone. <laughs> well, because it discounts that there are wealthy it's people doing tone. things in their own country yeah. that we just don't hear about because our glasses are colored with red, white, and blue. Indeed, they are. 603-283-6160. Uh, do all the good people live in America? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The answer is yes. If the question is, is this Free Talk Live? Then yes, indeed it is. Who is Tony, Tony, Tony? Never trust a man with two first names. Feels good. Our telephone number here at Free Talk Live is 603-283-6160. If you would like to call and get in on the conversation this evening... In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about this SpaceX mission. Well, before you get into that article, I think, Peakless, you wanted to say something more on time travel? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> oh, that's right. My bad. Well, well since there's... Uh, since certain forms of uh, of uh, quantum theory uh, indicate that there's actually 12 different dimensions... You know what we should have done? Then is, you would probably have several of those being time. We should have just, like, played back 
the previous hour at the top of this hour where we went into the bit about time travel. That would have been fun. Stay tuned for hour four. <laughs> okay. I, I could have waited one more break for that joke. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's good. Uh, I've, I've, seen a, I've seen a comedian do that where he gets on stage and he starts talking about you know the theory of quantum mechanics and which means space travel is totally possible and then he runs off stage and he comes back on and he starts the bit over again and every time it just gets a little more distorted than the last he starts changing little <laughs> things here and there but it's otherwise the exact same routine it's pretty hilarious i think i know what you're talking about is it a duo no it's just one duo. oh okay yeah, yeah. Uh, so at any rate spacex apparently is launching an all civilian mission to space you could potentially be on this mission if you donate at least 10 bucks to St. Jude's Children Hosp- Children's Hospital. What a lost cause of a donation that would be. <laughs> Crew members, however, must be, and so I'm disqualified, physically and psychologically fit for training. Oh, yeah. Don't flex on me, bro. All right. <laughs> is that what the B on your shirt is for? Bro? Of course. Bruh. It's my Bitcoin B-R-U-H. shirt. B-R-U-H. Bruh. I'm flexing on you, bro. It's my Bitcoin.com shirt. Uh, you have to also be under six foot six for some reason to fit in the space shuttle, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yes, and you must weigh less than two hundred and fifty pounds per the fundraiser's official rules. I think I'm in. A person who's able to ride the Incredible Hulk roller coaster in Florida would be a perfect fit. Speaking of flexing. <laughs> If the mission gets delayed past 2022, crew members will each get an alternate prize of $150,000, the fine print added. So, you know, if something goes awry, eh, you get some cash. Now, that's an interesting bet. $10 to potentially win 150000 And or a, you know, the first civilian space trip. Yeah. I think the hundred. Honestly, I think the 150000 is more likely with that close of a deadline. Twenty, Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. But at the same time, if you were on the first civilian space mission, would you make more than $150,000 in things like interviews and writing a book about it and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Endorsements. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, oh, right. You could go up into space with, like, a whole spacesuit with, like, patches of, like, sponsors and stuff, right? Just put on my NASCAR shirt. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like politicians should have. Yeah. SpaceX has launched two crews to space already, but those were with trained NASA astronauts, including one astronaut from Japan's space agency, uh, on government-funded trips to the International Space Station. The Inspiration4 mission marks SpaceX's latest private astronaut mission to be announced. The company's AX-1 mission, also planned for the end of 2021, hosts a crew of four private astronauts paying $55 million each for an eight-day trip to the ISS. And in 2018, Elon Musk announced Japanese billionaire uh, Yusaku, I'm going to butcher his name, Mezawa, will hitch a ride around the moon on SpaceX's new rocket system Starship, which is in development. SpaceX developed its Crew Dragon capsule with a more than $2 billion contract under NASA's commercial crew program. So that sounds like government money to me. Sounds like taxpayer funded to me. Yep. Mm. The agency's initiative to spur spacecraft development. Kathy Luders, who led the crew program and is currently NASA's human spaceflight chief, tweeted after the Inspiration4 reveal on Monday. She was, quote, excited to see one of the original goals of a commercial crew come to be with the expansion of new commercial activities beyond our own low Earth orbit. 
Uh, Isaac Men told reporters the mission kicks off the biggest fundraiser ever for St. Jude, a children's hospital with an already massive fundraising reach. If we're going to continue making advances up there in space, then we have an obligation to do the same down here on Earth, he said. Aww. It's it's an interesting partnership with St. Jude's because entirely unrelated to space. But at the same time, St. Jude's is not a bad cause to donate to to begin with. So Yeah. yeah. I can't uh, fault the cause. I mean, really, any charity organization. Well, not any. No, not there's, any. But like, there are some bad ones. A lot of charity okay. organizations would be worth you know this type of a fundraising activity. So I can't argue with St. Jude's uh, at all. Uh, I can, however, argue with the $2 billion coming from NASA. <laughs> I can think of worse places for that money to go, though. Private space mission, my ass. Mm, that's true. <laughs> oh, it's private. It's private. Yeah, totally private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, does the government claim a monopoly on space? Yes. Uh, they They do, actually, because apparently if you take a photo from orbit... The government claims to own the copyright of that photo. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I had an article on that. I think we briefly talked about it here on Free Talk. How Live, would they maybe do that? If you're, if you're floating over, like, Japan, right? Um, well, it was... it was the U.S. claim jurisdiction? It was one of the... Uh, the same, I think it's the same way that they claim jurisdiction if you happen to be, say, an Australian citizen that publishes papers they don't want you to. And they charge you with treason against a different country. Yeah. So they have all the guns, Richie Rich. So oh, gotcha. if they point them at you and say, we claim jurisdiction, well, then they've just claimed it. That's okay. How. So, I mean, I, that's one of the reasons why the, the mission to Mars is a little exciting, right? Because Elon has already said that, no, 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 private jurisdiction up there. I get to Mars first. Mars is mine. And then, you know, no earthly government. Is, is he going to homestead Mars? I think he well he's going to be the first one up there so yeah I think that's the plan. I would I would consider it a legitimate homestead in some aspect of it. Maybe not the whole planet. Once could, more people start coming up there. Could the moon be homesteaded? Why not? Well, I'm just asking because you were talking about going to Mars first. You mean morally and ethically? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you mix your labor with moon rocks, you own them moon rocks. Right, yeah. but I don't think the I don't think America owns the moon because they planted the flag if that's Okay. Like, okay. if that's the case, then I then like the next thing we want to do is figure out uh, you know unmanned things that we can just launch into space for uh, flag planting. Like, well, all right, aim this one at Pluto. Well, all much, right, Pluto's mine now. Much like seasteading, space steading, right, could be a thing yeah. where humans develop you know livable pods that can you know float around in orbit, right, low Earth orbit, even high Earth orbit. Right. And, you know, you can connect pods together and create little, you know, uh, communities just like Seasteaders would Mm -hmm. that are autonomous. He brought up Ernie Hancock earlier to check out, you know, check out his site because that's his plan somewhat. It's uh, what are we? uh, It's we're only 64 miles from freedom, I think it was, because internationally they have agreed that all of their uh, jurisdiction stops at 100 kilometers up. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the uh, Sergey Brin from Google is like building a spacecraft yeah. of some kind just to go up that, that high. That far, right. Oh, yeah. uh, fun note. So they Thank recently figured out how to do uh, superconductors without supercooling them. Uh, so uh, uh, for anyone out there, lots of you, I'm sure, who have no idea what a superconductor is. So one of the neat properties is that uh, you can you can basically make a, uh, a magnet hover 
over a superconductor, or vice versa, if you've got a magnet, you can make a superconductor hover over it. And it used to be that you had to have uh, like liquid nitrogen and a certain particular uh, substance in order to make one of these things, but they've recently figured out how to do it at room temperature. Hmm. So hypothetically, maybe there is actually a way to uh, get a, 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 a spaceship, essentially, that would use the Earth's magnetic field and these uh, room temperature superconductors to uh, essentially reach order, orbit. I just thought a superconductor was like a really buff guy, maybe on steroids, wearing like a tuxedo thing, standing in front of an orchestra. What are you doing on my just train? A cape. Just, a just cape. the orchestra with the cape. <laughs> just the cape. He's got the stick. Super. What do, what do they call it? The conductor's wand? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Not the musician here. Superconductor. Super, super, superconductor. How come there's not a metal band named Superconductor? There probably is. I just haven't Googled it. Because Apple's already got the trademark on the name. Right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Cease and desist. You and your crappy metal music must never see the light of day. Norwegian death metal. (laughs) I don't wish death on any Norwegians. Come on. Okay. The number is 603-283-6160. If you would like to join us here in the studio... Are all the good people in Norwegian? <laughs> Coming up, we'll talk about Homo Robocopus. That's right. More Free Talk Live is on the way. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live Hour number 17 of the... Oh wait, no, sorry. Hour number 3... Now, before we get back to this, I had some things I wanted to say about time travel. You know, oh, before you have, before you finish your point on time travel, there, Peakless Mountaineer, uh, Richie Rich was telling me that Peakless Mountaineer had some <laughs> other thoughts on time travel. Well, see, it's more like a timey wimey ball of stuff. Stop it! You're confusing the polarity. <laughs> this is why I'm the funny one, man. Just nail the joke once, and then. If jokes are even real, Richie Rich. (laughs) If jokes are even your mom. And that's a throwback joke from like months ago. (laughs) You thought I'd forget, didn't you? No, because I I overrode that one a whole bunch of times. It's a timey-wimey evening. It is Free Talk Live, believe it or not. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number if you'd like to join us uh, over the phone and get on the air, talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer and Richie Rich. And I teased this bit just before we went to the break about I called it uh, Homo Robocopus. Excellent name. Because Why isn't there a band called Homo Robocopus? Mm. That's a good question. Because Apple has the trademark. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that uh, no megacorp has decided to just like start uh, copywriting every possible combination of letters. Well, just, somebody like, send them in there. Somebody recently did that with music, mm. right? Somebody put out uh, an algorithm that uh, copyrighted every, every possible melody that could be constructed, and then. Now it's free domain. Released like, it into the public domain. Yeah, everybody nice. they just said, you know, Creative Commons or whatever it was. They, you know, did it in some sort of way that like, yep, go ahead, everybody. And I was like, that is a great way to outsmart the freaking government. It is. That's brilliant. And then Vanilla Ice went back in time to win his lawsuit. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ding. Yes. Uh, so this from the New York Post. France, China, developing biologically engineered super soldiers. That's right. The future is here. Go on. And it wants to kill you. Just two weeks after it was announced, China was developing biologically enhanced super soldiers. France, that's right, France, has joined the fray in creating Terminator troops that can be bred to kill. Or according, right flag. According to a new report. You know, France has this strange reputation of being, you know, not warlike or potentially even cowardly. And it's weird because it's not true. It's not. Like, <laughs> they've got more nukes than England, man. <laughs> Most people don't even know they have nukes. French nukes? They throw a pretty good revolution, too. They've got hundreds of these things. The French seek to improve physical, cognitive, perceptive, and psychological capacities. I didn't know they had a seek. And could allow for location tracking or connectivity with weapon systems and other soldiers. Among the ministry's research were drugs to keep troops awake for long periods of time and combat stress and even surgery to improve hearing. Wait, I've oh, heard just, this one before. Just wait till that trickles down to the consumer market. Mm. You will never get a day off. <laughs> right? <Please. laughs> yeah. How come you weren't at work for the entire week? Oh, yeah, every day, all day, all the time. Yeah, it always kind of surprised me that meth was still illegal. Like, wouldn't you want your uh, drones working as hard as possible? You'd say meth? Yeah. Me- meth is uh, FDA approved. What? It's yeah. called Ritalin, right? Uh, no. Well, no. Um, oh, I can't think of the name offhand. Uh, shoot. Forget it. But uh, I, I can't think of the name offhand. Uh, Disoxin is the clinical term. There you oh, go. Right, but right, it's right. it's meth- it's FDA approved methamphetamine. Um and it's uh, used for the treatment of ADHD and obesity. Mm. So I once got a friend hooked on it uh, because he was my fat so, friend who couldn't focus. Uh, dude, you need some meth. So you got him hooked on it? Sure. I mean, I didn't like inject him with it, but I said, you should probably try meth. And so he did. <laughs> what a good good friend. <laughs> he, he was my fat friend who couldn't focus, and it's FDA approved to treat ADHD and obesity. That doesn't mean it's cool. You know, actually, the fattest man I've ever met was a meth dealer. Because you don't get high on your own supply. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That that means he was a good drug dealer. No, 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 no. He was terrible. Oh, really? No, he definitely tapped into his own supply. He just wouldn't do anything after that. Oh, weird. So this new species of augmented soldiers dubbed Homo Robocopus could also have altered DNA to give them enhanced speed and strength as well as robotics. Injected via vaccine. Before I go on. 
I was, you know, just kind of joking about this being Science Fiction Sunday, and, you know, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of a thing. I'm not joking. This is an article from the New York Post talking about things that are actually happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not making this up. This so isn't this is part of a joke. This is, well, oh, I, I saw this coming. I mean, okay, so in America we have uh, rules against, you know, altering your DNA for this, that, or the other, but I knew this was going to come once uh, CRISPR started existing. Right, yeah. So, okay... Well, guess what's going to happen? Wait, China's going to tell our listeners what CRISPR is. So CRISPR's uh, gene editing uh, uh, technology. So you can, in theory, uh, get an injection and it will go to your cells and edit your genes in uh, whichever way you've designed this to do. And when this came out, it's like, okay, well, the United States might have a rule against this, but China doesn't. And I mean, what position does that put us in? So if they start, say, making a uh, a program to have hyper intelligence because we have identified certain genes that are associated with high intelligence, like, do you really think this restriction is going to hold on? Do you have a moral objection to that sort of experimentation? Either of you guys? Uh, I, I don't. I, in fact, I think human beings are going to evolve into a dichotomy, two different mm, subsections of humanity one will be the space explorers i think that humans are going to realize pretty quickly that in order to successfully navigate space and travel long distances that human modification will be necessary to do that uh, and that people will you know gravitate towards that if that's what they want to do and then other people will just sort of remain what i'd like to call the natural humans and just stay here on earth so okay. there will be a faction of humans that are going to be the explorers and they will require not require but like they will all be sort of incentivized to become modified human beings so that they can endure space travel long term travel to other planets and stay out in space for a long period of time all that kind of stuff because humans are too way too fragile for that kind of stuff so does your opinion change if that modification is required like pre-birth as in the development stage like you're going to be bred to be an explorer style sure why not well i mean it does create a question of if there are long-term explorers who perhaps voluntarily became modified and then they procreate while they're out in space then you know i mean i guess well if you look at it the kid doesn't have any choice at that point much like people don't have any choice of the plot of land that they're born on right true some people have different rights just based on the geography that they fell out of their mom's vagina well and if you look at epigenetics that might happen without trying so uh, their epigenetics, it's a, a new science, but they found that the activities you engage in in your lifetime actually get encoded in which parts of your DNA do and do not uh, get uh, get used. So the people that did end up going to space, you know, for like these uh, seasteading style colonies or what have you, they would have different epigenetics and that would get passed on to their children. Right, a couple of generations down the road and they wouldn't be quite as human as the earthbound humans they would definitely because, have a different expression right uh they would probably still uh be compatible genetically but they would have very different expression right i think some people would just draw the line between a natural birth mutation versus a a breeding program either public or private where those things are specifically placed to breed people who are able to go into space. Well, yeah, bring, you, you asked about the, the morality on it, and, and like like everything else, I think it really comes down to, is it voluntary? Right. So, I mean, uh, am I am I okay with people changing their bodies? It's your body. Do what you want with it. Right. Am I okay with people having to, ha- to have their bodies changed? Not so much. Yeah. But it would not be voluntary for, the, for the, the group of beings born that this was encoded into them before they had a chance to consent or not. That's right. true. 
Right. Well, and that kind of brings up the question of adulthood again, right? When when is somebody adult enough to make their own decisions? It certainly isn't an age that we can put on everybody across the board. There has to be some other way of evaluating that to make those decisions. Sure. 603-283-6160. Would you choose to become an augmented human to travel in space? Yes. More Free Talk Live coming up. And that's how space travel is possible today. <laughs> oh, wait. Did that go out live? Oh, oops. I gave away the secrets. It is 603-283-6160. That's the name of the show. No, that's the phone number for the studio if you want to call and be part of the show. The game's basically over. You might as well call in. The game is over? No, but I mean. The game is up. The game is the jig really, is up. Uh, the jig is up. But, but if they were watching the game, they wouldn't know that you just said that. That is true. If you're listening to Free Talk Live but watching the superb owl, Richie Rich has a spoiler for you. No, I don't. I'm not going to do that. I'm not a spoiler guy. The uh, game. Uh, Cubs win. Cubs, Cubs win. win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Brady hit a home run. <laughs> Heard he got three points for it. Three points. Nice. Patrick Mahomes had a uh, a touchback. He's not doing anything, as far <laughs> as I can see. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, if you were wondering. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. That also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping, RV site, or motel room uh, for June 28th through July 4th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? You can relax and enjoy the camaraderie of like-minded people, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with fellow ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those can be found on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. Mark your calendar for June 28th through July 4th, 2021, and we'll see you at ForkFest.party. Someone maybe even might give a presentation on why libertarians should social distance and mask up. That would be ironic. I'm getting the death stare from the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I, I was hoping for a witty retort, but I, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I will explain. Uh, <laughs> that's how space travel is possible today is a thing that me and my friends used to say when, you know, like you're standing around talking about something that you shouldn't be talking about at work, for example. Mm. And like somebody that you don't really trust very much, like kind of comes by 
and like to see like what you're talking about. Like you can tell they're walking up there. They want to get in the conversation, and you see them coming up, and they got that big old look in their eyes. They're like, I'm going to be friends with these guys. And you're like, and that's how space travel is possible today. That's just mean. Yeah. Although my favorite way to like end the discussion when you you obviously don't have any interest in it mm-hmm. is, sorry, bro, I'm just not that into Pokemon. <laughs> All right, before we continue talking about Homo Robocopus, let's go to Buzz Lightyear calling from New Mexico. Buzz, you're on Free Talk Live. To infinity and beyond. Oh, oh man, I I forgot my line. What's my line? Medic. Medic. Cut. What's on your mind tonight? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Apparently not much. Apparently not much. Um, was that the the year that uh, you're uh, that you're uh, broadcasting from? Is that what you gave out? Uh, the year we're broadcasting from the year six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Oh, I thought yeah, it was the year thirty one oh nine. There's your spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you if you want to, if you, I got a cool, really cool way for you. If you want to travel back in time and see Neanderthals, okay, come to New Mexico. And check out they're the court all, system. All, the cops pardon? in the court system. Yeah, well, yeah, well that's that's the worst. Yeah, the, the ju- you should see the judges, man. Hey, that this, that is that is the kind of racism I will not tolerate. Neanderthals are wonderful. It's more species. Okay, well, maybe these are Cro Magnons. I, I, I can't sh- really tell the difference. Are you sure they're not? I can't zin- tell the difference. Are you yeah, sure they're I'll not? Give you that. Hang on. Are you sure they're not Zinjanthropy? Zinjanthropus? What's the plural of Zinjanthropus? Zinjanthropy. Yeah, yeah, that's them. That's them. Especially, <laughs> especially that guy on the radio on on KKOB on Saturday and Sunday mornings. That guy especially. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, you should hear him. He brought up he brought up the Neanderthals or Neanderthals if you're one of those people that likes pronouncing it that way instead. That would that that's like the the interesting spinoff of how like evolution would occur potentially as you look at space travel. Mm. Right, because there's there's like sexual compatibility, mm-hmm. but clearly one won out over it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have parallel humans going forward, one bred for space travel and one bred for like manual labor here on the Earth, right. it could be a similar as similar to the split. But that'll with the be that'll be evolutionary, not decision. Well, I mean, I Doesn't guess it'd be, be kind of be decision based, right? Yeah. If it's voluntary, then yeah, sure, why not? Well, why do why do they call them uh, Neanderthals if they're so short and squat? I don't know because, like, I don't know any girls who wear tongs. <laughs> all, I, uh, all I'm interested in is I your mother's know. Neander Valley. <laughs> we're, we're getting into your mom jokes uh, there, Buzz. Do you have anything else that you would like to say? No, no, I had nothing, man. That's why I called you. Okay. Well, thanks for the call. Perfect. Buzz Lightyear from New Mexico. To infinity and beyond, he's definitely in the beyond section. Absolutely. And and since we're touching on space travel yet again, one of the news stories that might have uh, slipped through the cracks, and I don't know how much discussion it merits, but uh, they seem to have found life on Venus. Like, that's not a setup for a joke. Like, they actually discovered uh, certain microbial life, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Certain compounds that uh, should only happen if you have something living on Venus, yeah. which is wild because it's a pretty darn inhospitable environment. Well, I think it's pretty ridiculous for humans to have assumed 
I'm not saying everybody did, but some mm. humans did assume that we are the only life in the universe. Mm. Right. And it's like, no, there, there are how many billions of star systems and mm-hmm. you know, solar, you know, for us to be the only life in the entire universe. I mean, that seems pretty preposterous to me. See, now I, I struggle with that. Sorry, Peekless. I struggle with that idea of it because as an atheist, I would use like the same excuse for lack of a supreme being. Right. There might be one, a supreme being. There might be other life in the universe. But as it stands right now, aside from maybe your microbes on Venus. Right. Where is the evidence to support that claim? And that's what we have to rely on. You're correct. It is an assumption. Yeah. But it's an assumption made on the available data of the billions of universi. What's the plural? Universes? Universes. Uh, Now, I will say that we are most likely the only life form that we can meaningfully interact with. I mean, we have enough trouble interacting with uh, other life forms that are actually on this planet. So the idea of some well, other in our life own form, country, like turning out bipedal, for example, like come on, or carbon-based. Well, right? I mean, if I were an alien life form and I had the ability to cruise around and check out planet Earth, I'd be like, "Hey, everybody, stay away from those guys. They ain't ready yet, mm. because we certainly are not." I mean, we can't, like you're saying, we can't even get along with each other for the most Unless part. Once you land in New Mexico, they're ready for you. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is coming up. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. It is Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio talk show program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. Our phone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, Captain Kickass. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And we have been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but a lot of it's sort of science fiction based. This latest article from the New York Post says that France and China are developing biologically engineered super soldiers. And no, this is not, this is actual. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. This is not science fiction. This is not something we made up. This is, what's going on? It's happening. It's fake news out of China to throw off the Americans. 
This goes on to say, we've reached the point now where we could potentially manipulate people's DNA to breed them extra strength, endurance, and other things just as we do with animals, Clark said. Just as we've done with standard cattle to give them more back, we can do that now very precisely with humans. Just wait till they want to play collegiate sports. <laughs> now, m- maybe I don't keep up on the news as much as I should, but uh, when did they start giving super strength to cows? When, when did they start giving enhanced mm. senses to other animals? Are there hyper wolves that I should be concerned about? Only in Canada. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, the, yes, they, they have they have mechanical howls up there. Yeah, that's what... I believe that there are genetically modified cows in the restaurants around the world. You know, beef, right? You know. Have they been genetically modified to be willing to be eaten? I doubt that. Circa Douglas Adams? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that is... Has occurred. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, humans have been doing this even before, we'll say, you know, like DNA programming or CRISPR has been around by just breeding. Oh, breeding yeah. yeah, just breeding, right? Look at all the different, you know, show dogs yeah, the genetic and that modification kind of thing. I trust. Right. Because yeah. you're not going to mess it up. Okay. But if you mess it up and you just scrap it, right? What, what makes the natural method uh, more economical or better or than, more moral or ethical right yeah, yeah. then then crispr or any other sort of scientific modification right? well like, i'm glad you asked because sometimes when you start mucking about with the genes the organism rejects it okay yeah so like uh, uh if you like one of the the popular things to do these days is to take the part of um uh salmon that lets them uh, avoid getting frozen uh and you know put it in strawberries Right. Hmm. Yeah, okay. That, that way, it's uh, it's a more frost resistant like, fish berry. But even with like natural breeding mm-hmm. processes, and I'm just going to dogs because that's I, I kind of know mm-hmm. something about breeding dogs. Um, German, I mean, it's not infallible. Purebreds like German shepherds, for example, are, are infamous for having hip problems mm-hmm. as they get older, and that's because of the purebred nature of yeah. the dog. Right. Purebred Whereas, is a very nice way of saying heavily inbred right whereas if the german shepherd is crossed with uh, another breed of dog that doesn't have this chronic problem the dogs enjoy a much fuller and healthier you know age life when, yep. they, when they reach that age so or if plants with fruit there's people that you know like splice the fruit branch of a fruit tree onto another tree and it grows the fruit of the original tree right from mm-hmm. the, you know from from the new tree Right. Mm-hmm. So what makes that more ethical than monkeying around with, you know, CRISPR or DNA program? Well, so some of the things that can happen. Uh, so you've got your strawberry with uh, fish DNA, for example. Now, one of the things that can happen to that is that that chunk that you just spliced into there might get rejected from their DNA. Mm-hmm. Now, if that happens, uh, there's a couple of things that can happen with that. So it might kick this out and then try and fill the void, but it doesn't know what to fill it with. So it just does random things there. So you end up with just random proteins being created. That's one thing that can happen. So uh, one so thing that can happen. Before uh, you go on, is your concern then that as a as a human we will ingest that modified strawberry and not know the results of that change as we digest it? That's one. That's one okay. possible issue. Otherwise, if it like mutates and the strawberry is not viable, you just throw it away and try another experiment. Yeah. It, well, and that's the thing. Like, you might end up ingesting a strawberry that, like, you know, the next generation doesn't have cognitive thought. Whoops. 
So another thing that can happen is that that chunk that gets rejected from the DNA might actually start wandering, trying to find a new place for it to fit itself into. Right. And so, create a new subspecies or something. Right. right yeah. Strawberry-flavored salmon. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you you just don't know what that's going to do. So it, it, but that's why you experiment. <laughs> you do the experiment. You look at the results. You yeah. see what happens. And you go like, whoops, or yay. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you never know when an absolutely catastrophic error is going to occur. Okay. So, I mean, the, sure, I mean, most of the time it's not going to be a big problem. But one of those times, it's going to be super Ebola. Okay. The, the one thing about humans that I am fairly certain of is that human beings are tinkerers, regardless. doesn't matter what culture you're from. You know, it doesn't matter what continent you grew up in, what government you're under. People like to mess with things. We mm-hmm. like to build things, right? Uh, we're tinkerers, right? We like to uh, explore. We like to solve, right? We like to find out, oh, what does this do? We're curious well, people. And GMO foods is how you feed, like, the largest population ever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, you, you, they would starve to death if it wasn't for corn, you know, corn genetically yeah. modified that they can sustain their life on and sustain the current population of the planet. Maybe. I mean, it's it's really tough to tell, honestly, uh, what what yeah. ability we would have if we didn't have governments getting in the way of, of feeding. That's true, because there is a surplus of food on the planet. There's more than enough food for every human being on the planet. What we have is a distribution problem because, well, governments won't get out of the way. Right. Okay. But I don't I don't think I well, don't that think you would have that level if everything was you know, organically grown, could, non-genetically modified. Right. Tough to could, could somebody have invented a version of corn that wasn't genetically modified, that was bred, that is as resilient as the GMO corn? Well, people do that. Good they, question. They, they crossbreed vegetables, you know, like that right. with the seeds, mm-hmm. right? There, there's a, an anecdote about, you know, the farmer who like wins the farm, the corn competition every year and go, well, how do you win every year? And he goes, well, I give all my, I give, you know, the, the good corn to my neighbors so they can go good corn too. And it's like, well, if you give them that, then aren't you introducing competitions? Like, no, because the corn pollen crossbreeds, mm-hmm. right? And if I, if they don't grow good corn, my corn will drop in in quality as well. So in order for me to have the best corn, they also have to be able to grow the best corn. Mm. So there's well, cross-breeding this, bre- cross anyway. And this is also one of the issues when, uh, for example, Monsanto comes up with a corn that can only grow in the presence of Roundup, right. is that its pollen can get into, like, you know, normal corn, and you have the same problem. Right. And then they will sue you for copyright infringement. Right. And I'm totally against that. Right. But but for them, I'm also against you, like monkeying with it in the first place. Leave it alone. But people monkey with it anyway. It's just they do it a different way than crossbreeding or cross pollination. One thing's for sure. And if we had a decent court system, if they ruin your entire crop, you could actually sue them. But and I would be for that. Good luck. I would be for that. If they're going to have that weird stuff and it's going to be it's going to negatively impact your crop. You have been damaged. You are owed something. Well, due to DNA manipulations, according to this article, future soldiers could also be immune to disease and feelings. Perfect killing machines. That's right. A recent report by the International Society for Military Ethics in Europe obtained by the Sun reveals a dystopic arena full of bionic men capable of fighting, quote, all the time, unquote. 
Enhanced soldiers would be reduced to bionic men who run fast, do not need sleep, eat and drink very little, and can fight all the time, the report states. A new species is born, Homo robocopus. Sounds like teenage boys to me. (laughs) Watching RoboCop? (laughs) Uh, I wish I had a quote from RoboCop. I don't have one off the top of my head. 603-283-6160. Something about you're coming with me. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. I am just having a horrible... Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The final segment of this Sunday night science fiction edition. The superb Sunday night science fiction edition. Hey, thank you. Yeah, very well. Very well. Well done. I'd give out the phone number, but it's uh, probably too late for you to get on the air. Unless you have, in fact, mastered the art of the closed time-like curve. In which case, you already know the number. Call in and we'll take it live. Unscreened. We'll Unscreened in the last yeah, segment? Uh, I, I don't know, man. No. I don't know. I don't know. I'm quick with the dump button, but... That's all you need. Uh, I've been challenged recently. Okay. <laughs> in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. So we've been talking about this article from the New York Post. Talking about super soldiers coming soon. Uh, enhanced soldiers would be reduced to bionic men. Uh, Coming soon to an abuse of power near you. Yeah, this is definitely going to get out of hand uh, with governments because you know that this is all going to start, one government's going to start doing this and then it's going to be another weapons race, much Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, the the nuclear arms race. Yeah. I mean, okay, so let's talk about this first. Oh, I think so. I understand that, but how much... How much of modern warfare is soldiers in, like, ground warfare? Oh, it's all video games now, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I mean, there's still ground troops. They have to do, you know... Okay, well... Yeah. But what if it's, you had an unlimited supply? It's a fair point, but okay. Uh, how useful is something like a SEAL team? Pretty darn. Right. Okay, so it's going to be that. It's okay. going to be super soldier, uh, a super soldier race, but not not for like you know, uh, uh, an you know, uh, a marching line of red infantry with muskets. No, but for like a, a strategical strike from a very very capable unit. Okay, then I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem as they're they're breeding an entire army of super soldiers to do what? You just push the button and the you know the drone flies and bombs. Whatever. Make sure you wear your mask. Okay. Yeah, to uh, root out people. That, so that would be more of a police system then, less of a soldiers. Mm, well, right. so think about uh, areas of the world. I'm thinking the mountains of oh, Iraq, for example, where no superpower has ever been able to take control of because the you know population is heavily armed. They're able to hide in these system of caves that you know nobody from outside of that area is even familiar with. Okay, uh, and so. What better to root out that type of 
an enemy than super soldiers who never tire, never need sleep, uh, you know, could keep going on, yeah. et cetera, and so on. No, I get it. But then, then I think then you're saying well, you, you regress back to like empire building in the, in the you know, the textual well, definition. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you march in the soldiers to take this plot of land. And if you have the best super soldiers, you get the plot of land. Well, mm-hmm. Sir Lawrence Friedman, professor of war studies at KCL, told the Sun Robotics told the Sun that robotics are of more importance than the DNA manipulation. So this would be, uh, you know, technologically improving the humans. There are people going back into combat in ways they wouldn't have been able to before because prosthetics have been improved. You can use Google Glasses. There's lots of things you can do now with a modern soldier that makes them much more effective than they were in the past. If you want people to act just according to orders going into great danger, the other trend you can see is that is pretty active at the moment is drones, autonomous vehicles, and so on. While France claims it will abide by humanitarian law, French Armed Forces Minister Florence Parley warned, we have to be clear, not everyone has the same scruples as us, and we have to prepare ourselves for such a future, she said. Here are some of the tech in progress to create the Homo Robocampus, according to The Sun. Brain microchips. France has been given the all-clear to develop microchips to enhance soldier brain power. Bionic eyes. Being developed in Hong Kong, this gives users infrared and night vision. Super hearing. The U.S. tactical communication and protective systems are smart earbuds, which boost soldiers' hearing to be near superhuman. I could use a pair of those. Health implant. DARPA, the Pentagon's research arm, is developing cyborg implants to monitor and combat efficient or to monitor combat efficiency. Enhanced limbs. A DEVCON report revealed plans to equip U.S. soldiers with enhanced limbs for increased strength. Exoskeleton legs. We've seen this in science fiction movies. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Army has tested an exoskeleton, which can be attached to soldiers' legs and in- can increase their productivity by up to 27 times. Synthetic blood. Uh, respiracite is a theoretical red blood cell that could help soldiers not get out of breath and stay underwater for hours. Pain immunity. DARPA's persistence in combat initiative would allow soldiers to have their pain suppressed for 30 days. Imagine all of those things in one super soldier. Everything you listed so far, aside from the brain implant, sounds like a positive to me. Yeah. Just in general. Well, right. so so you mentioned that, uh, well, how much of uh, combat is really done person to person anyway? Okay, yeah, fair enough. But here's one of the things that you can do. So if you have your genetically engineered super soldier for enhanced uh, neurological response, uh, uh, better uh, multitasking, things like that, well, great. That, so they can, you know, fly 50 drones at the same time with uh, a, a better, uh, like, visual system than any computer has because humans do still have the advantage on, on visual systems. Okay. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of applications on this. Now, honestly, as far as genetic engineering goes, the the thing that really concerns me is that they might, you know, isolate the genes that make us, you know, libertarian, that makes us want to question the powers that be. That's why I don't like the brain implant. Right. Uh, Well, so there's the brain implant and there's the possibility of uh, genetic engineering. Like, you know, what if they say make a disease that is also a retrovirus that just takes those genes out of the population? Right. Yeah, no. And all of a sudden my kind ceases to exist. Well, so this list of things, these implants, if you will, these uh, 
you know, additions that don't require any, you know, sort of genetic modification. These are the things that I think are going to propel people into the spacefaring people. Sure. Right? The the modified humans, right? You seek out these modifications that make you, that give you, you know, different powers, abilities to yeah. heal, abilities to not feel pain, abilities to That's why to I like stuff. all the powers except for the brain implant because right. the, if they can control your will, right, or your mental faculties, then they can use all of those to your disadvantage. Right. Then again, Anonymous might hack it. Which would be even worse because then you're just posting memes all day with your super fit finger button. Wait, so I already have a superpower? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. I'm genetically superior. <laughs> all of a sudden, Pepe the Frog is everywhere. <laughs> no, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. All of those are net benefit for, for uh, Earth application or you know spacefaring application if they don't mess with your brain. Like, if you can well, keep your free will and your intellect intact. Except it kind of depends, because you're making a power differential there. So the people that can afford, you know, super eyes, ears, and blood, if they want to, say, you know, enslave a population that can't do all of that, they're going to have a much easier time well, how about, doing it. how about this? Uh, the creation of these superhumans and or super soldiers because i assume the first ones are going to be soldiers they're not going to be just yeah, they're not going to be like hey regular joe let's get you some super implants right, that's not flip burgers at mock speed <laughs> right yeah i assume that's not gonna gonna happen uh, but what if the creation of these modified human beings whether they're genetic or technologically modified or both coincide with the advent of the singularity and those are the ones that take over or that they create the, the you know the computer module that takes over. Yeah. Okay. Then you're, then you end up with Terminator, and then the the Muggle humans have to fight back. The Muggle humans. Yeah. The the ordinaries, the normal people the, the that don't have superpowers. Right. Right. Well, and I think it's the emergence of these technologies that makes it so important right now to get out there and find ways to get around the institutions that have been enslaving us. I also don't worry too much about more. the wealth disparity. Because the wealthy people are always going to have more, better, bigger things than normal people anyway. Like that's that's one of the benefits of being wealthy, man. Right. So if you if you introduce a new technology, guess who gets it first? The wealthy. And trickle down economics might not be a thing, but if you don't have those first movers investing in those high prices early, lower people don't ever get the chance to you know experience those technologies. Well, but the problem is that the highest wealth disparities are when you have the government protectionism. So those wealthy people are not just good at their stuff, they're politically connected. I'm yeah. with you, Peakless. I would like to do or, or see uh, all of these institutions like well, government, for example, who claim a monopoly on violence to get out of everybody's way so that these things can be explored voluntarily yeah. and independently rather than only being funneled to humanity through the violence of government. Right. And I will accept that, too. Don't pin it on me like I'm supporting government, you know, <laughs> the government doing all these things. I'm not. But I, I can see the development of it being possible. Word. It's definitely positive. We're out of time. Join us tomorrow. Free Talk Live. Peace. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island, Jonathan walked toward a uniformed policeman he saw reading a newspaper. Looking over the policeman's shoulder, Jonathan was surprised at the headline he saw. It says here that the legislature has just authorized a death penalty for anyone found to be cutting hair without a license. Isn't that quite a severe penalty for such a minor offense? What's so unusual about that? 
The death penalty is the ultimate threat behind all laws, no matter how minor. But surely you wouldn't put someone to death for cutting hair without a license. Of course we would, though it seldom comes to that. Why? Well, you see, every crime is an escalating crime. That means the penalties increase the more one resists. For example, if someone tries to cut hair without a license, then a fine will be imposed. If he or she refuses to pay the fine or continues to cut hair, then the outlaw barber will be arrested and put into our zoo. If he or she resists arrest, then the criminal is subject to severe penalties. The outlaw may even be shot. The greater the resistance, the greater the force used. So the ultimate penalty behind every law really is death. Then surely you reserve the law for only the most brutal criminal acts, violent acts like murder, robbery, and rape. On the contrary, the law regulates the whole range of personal and commercial life. But don't be alarmed. We seldom speak about or witness the death penalty itself because, well, we are so diligent at teaching obedience. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home.